0: This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder, Walmart is opening dozens of clinics and launches their online pet pharmacy. We've got a couple of experts to discuss what's really going on. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And perhaps nothing is more contentious, controversial, and tough than dealing with online pharmacies, dealing with corporate practices, dealing with competition in general. And this week, we've got some breaking news, and we're going to really explore what is going on with Walmart. Why are they doing what they're doing? What do they hope to do? And I just can't wait to get into that discussion because we've got two people who are very close to this topic. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. Before we go any further today, we do just want to take a minute To acknowledge a pretty significant loss in the veterinary community, Um, a very shocking day for most of us on the 5th um, when we found out that the community had lost Louise O'Dwyer. Um, For those of you that know Louise, she was a um, VTS in anesthesia and emergency and critical care. She was a medical and surgical diplomat and an RVN on the other side of the pond um, and was an amazing mentor to so many in our profession, she brought a lot of passion, a lot of humor, um, an amazing sense of style. If you knew Louise, she was uh, a big fan of vintage clothes and vintage hair and, and gin. And what more do you have to say about somebody than, than those three things alone? Um, there's a huge hole in our, our profession. Um, with her loss and there should be um, some more information to come about a memorial at IVEX. And so we want to acknowledge that and just say yeah. our condolences. We are sorry to the family and, and to the community for this major loss and, and yeah. acknowledge that. Um, and 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 with that, speaking of another a major contributor to the veterinary profession, I am so excited to have our guest today, Miss Julie Legrid. Miss Julie is really uh, my partner in crime in so many ways, and and very much in today's topic. Uh, Miss Julie is coming to us today from Minnesota. Most of you know her um, as. A, um, a huge advocate of the profession. She's currently executive director of the Wynn Feline Foundation and uh, my better half in veterinary advancement. So please, please welcome with us, Miss Julie Lagard. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank Yay. you. Yay. I'm, I'm, it's great to be back. Yes.
0: Yeah, Julie, you are one of our favorite people on the planet, as you know, And and the reason that we wanted to have you on today especially, and just so if you're listening to this recording in the future, we're recording this on May 7th. And this morning, Julie, like many in the profession, I was uh, hit up by several different friends and colleagues from all around the globe, and they were announcing some of the breaking news. Uh, we all knew this was coming, but it was official today that Walmart announced that uh, two main things. And the big thing, I think, the big news that was picked up was that they were launching an online pharmacy to directly compete, in my opinion, with Chewy.com. And I'm going to get to that why they announced it today, at least in my opinion, uh, because I think there's some good business strategy there. But they also Went ahead and said, Look, we're really going to get aggressive about expanding in store cl- veterinary clinics. Uh, if you've been watching my uh, YouTube channel, Off Label Veterinary News, you know, I've been covering this exact topic since 2016 when they started. But they announced today that by within the next 12 months, they wanted to have over a hundred clinics. And the reason that Julie and Becky are so salient to this conversation is because they're actually involved with some of the the companies that are helping this. So Becky, without further ado, explain a little bit about what is happening and how is Walmart going to put veterinary clinics in over a hundred clinics?
1: Sure. So, um, The the organization that is overseeing the veterinary clinics is also um, actually called Essentials Pet Care. And this organization is utilizing Walmart locations for their services. And so they are, you know, sort of following that similar PetSmart Banfield model of find a, a place with a lot of locations where a lot of people go and get a lot of things done at one time and include veterinary care because pets are part of the family. And since we're doing so much family business in these locations, it makes perfect sense.
0: Well, and one thing too, to jump in there, Becky, uh, this Essentials Pet Care was actually started by a veterinarian, correct?
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, one of the major things this veterinarian and the co-founder were looking to do was to address some of the everyday concerns with practice life um, in veterinary medicine, look at where the gaps are and to fill them and to fill that need with actually really high quality service um, in in a mainstream fashion where actually, okay, you guys, if you're driving, you might want to pull over. If you're not sitting down, you might want to. Uh, quality of life is a major concern for the veterinary staff, that's right. <laughs> you
0: heard me right. It really is. I mean, and so if you are not involved with this or haven't been following this story, that was sort of one of the things they started out. Now, when Doug Spiker uh, started this, you know, he was just a regular veterinarian. He was looking uh, for a way to, you know grow his clinics and to find opportunities. And so Walmart was a great uh, opportunity for him. But he also then partnered with several people. In fact, a good friend of all of ours, Dr. Jill Lopez. and, And what they started to do was focus on where are the human resource needs. So Julie, that brings us to you because they actually said, how can we make veterinary technicians more fulfilled and find meaning in their work and actually do more of the things that you're good at and trained to do, right?
2: Yes, they're concentrating on the preventative medicine side of things. So that is technician work. Um, They're implementing veterinary technician exams um, for things that we're able to do. They are doing vaccines, the um, boosters, ear exams, uh, ophthalmic exams, you know, heartworm checks and Educating clients on why it's important for preventative medicine to happen um, so they're not having to spend money on the treatment side of things. Um their their main mission is that they're concentrating on just that. They're gonna right. refer everything else to other practices in the community. So that's that's a big one too. It's kind of focusing on um some of the pets that probably aren't getting care otherwise.
0: Well, and and actually to back that up, if you remember, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, that Access to Veterinary Care Coalition, that report, they found that 28% of U.S. households say they don't go to the veterinarian because it's just too darn expensive. And so I think that what Walmart and Essentials Pet Care is trying to do is close that gap a little bit. Is that correct, Julie?
2: That is correct. So they're offering affordable care, but it's quality care and really, like I said, concentrating on that preventative medicine side so that they're not having to come in and spend lots of money on the treatment. But those pets probably, since they haven't seen a veterinarian probably ever, right. um, may need additional care. So they do have packages set up, but ultimately the spays, neuters, everything else is going to be handed off. Uh, Referred to another practice.
0: Right. And Becky, so that leads me to a good point that I want to get your take on. So when I first uh, dropped a video on this in 2016, I mean, I had friends calling me up saying, what is going on, man? Why are you covering Walmart? You know, they're just going to, they're our competition. They're going to put us out of business or whatever. And I was trying to point out, no, I think this is actually going to grow our profession uh, on a lot of levels, but I don't. I didn't really see them as direct competition to the type of practice that I practice. A- am I still right in 2019?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the model here with Essentials Pet Care again is utilizing the facility of Walmart as a location, um, but offering kind of a specialized niche in in that they don't do sick visits, they um, don't do complicated long term project and long term cases. They're there really for that individual who just needs um, a quick check or a vaccine update and, and minimal. And so because of this, they actually look to partner with community veterinarians to make sure they know that they have really great facilities to refer clients who have sick visits because they're not going to see them. And so really it's not a competition model. It's it's actually kind of a parallel. How can we coexist and fill the gaps? And so when you you know, you have clients calling that need to be seen and your schedule is booked, you know where to send them for just the vaccine visit and and you'll get that reciprocated sick visit. Um that, that's what they're looking for. So I it's not a competitive competitive model at all.
0: Right. But I do think that before we get into the online pharmacy, which is really part of the big business news I think that's breaking today. Um I, I think that one of the the issues that they've taken on, and I know we've been talking around this, but I want to dig in a little deeper, is the workplace happiness, the, the work life balance and harmony. I mean, they are leading with that message and you guys are part of that, right? I mean, you guys said to them when you were approached, Hey, look, you know, one, one of the first things we want to make sure is we establish really good boundaries, really good rules, really good, you know, ways to, to promote and to get time off. And I'm a working mom. I mean, right. Those were things that you guys were helping shape.
1: Yeah, they they had this model, I think, long before we really got involved. But it was one of the major reasons we did get involved. And Miss Julie can talk to a lot more of those points. But they came to to us sort of looking at how do we get folks in the veterinary industry to see what we're trying to do and back it? Who's out there saying work-life balance? It's got to happen and screaming the message. And how do we use them to channel that voice and saying look, we're stepping up to the plate. You're asking for it. We're providing it and and get that message out. And so I think that's really where we have um, said, you know, yeah, this is an organization we want to know more about and talk more about because it's doing the things we're encouraging people to do. And they look at us and say it's impossible. They look at us and say, this isn't out there and it's not realistic. Right. And that's what they're working against. And 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 Miss Julie, they've got great benefits that that lead in that right direction that are going to show other employers out there in the nation it's doable, right?
2: Exactly. So their office hours are not the typical early morning, 8 to 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. <laughs> they are open 10 a.m. Um, to noon or to 2, and then they're closed from 2 to 4, and then they're open until 8. So it really gives the flexibility for wow. um, yeah. veterinarians, veterinary technicians with families that need to pick up their kids or get their kids to school. They accommodate new moms that um, need to um, to pump during the day with paid breaks. They have opportunities, you know, to work either full time or part time, and those hours are reflective of that. Um, the benefits are awesome. Um, even part-time people um, have access to the benefits. So it, they're really making it um, appeasing to people, um, looking at new opportunities as either their full-time line of work or part-time line of work or even supplemental to what they're doing already.
0: Right. And I, and I love this because what we can do, so let's say you're listening today and you work in an independently owned practice or even a corporate practice what you can learn from this or, okay, what are some of the best practices that people like Walmart are implementing and how can you apply that to attract the employees that you want? So I think we can only learn. I mean, Becky, you know how many times I've gone back to the old days where, look, I was doing, you know, I was doing fluid therapy with every surgery and all this pre anesthetic blood monitoring, all this stuff, you know, long before most people were doing Fred Metzger and I were kind of out there championing it, but it wasn't until Scott Campbell the The founder of Ban, what what would later become Banfield, when he rolled it out nationwide, then it became a thing. And I think that's that's the that's how I learned from this, right? I mean, can't we learn from how you guys are trying to attract employees to these Walmart clinics, the Essentials Pet Care? Yeah,
1: and I mean, I think that's kind of unfortunately the way a lot of these things are coming about is through pressure. You know, we're not necessarily adopting the change, but it's being demanded. So. You know, I've, I've argued before and said a, a lot of this corporate medicine is going to be the best thing that happened to support staff because they're getting an opportunity at benefits and at, and at growth. I mean, there are technicians out there who are district and regional managers for some of these corporate operations. And they have amazingly wonderful jobs with great opportunity and pay. And they're a vet tech doing a job. And so Essentials Pet Care is is really giving an opportunity to a lot of members of the veterinary community to Have this work life balance that they're that they is a part of their core value system, and again, it's it's part of why I feel passionate about what they're doing because I believe that work life balance is essential to long term happiness, and we've got to start finding it in our profession, and so I think other employers are gonna they're gonna have to because people are gonna say I'm I'm leaving, or. I need these things because I deserve these things because I need to have a happy life too.
0: Right, and you do. And, and here's where I think we start to get polarized. We, we tend to view everything in very strict regimented terms. Everything is black or white. If Walmart can't be good, right, because they are only offering vaccines and basic ear care, right? So for for some veterinarians, for some veterinary technicians, this is not an environment they would thrive or enjoy at all, right? And I would have to argue, Becky, sorry, but this wouldn't be my scene. You know, I I like the complexities of difficult surgeries and and medical challenges. OK, so for me, it's not. But there are a lot of listeners today that are saying to themselves, I hate my job. Yep. I don't like my boss. I yeah. work crappy hours. Right. And, and what we've been telling you is there are solutions. Yes. So instead of just sitting there commiserating with others and saying, oh, woe is me, whiny, whiny, whiny. I'm saying, guess what? The industry is listening to these complaints and they're trying to make it better. So, I mean, again, I'm not trying to make a, a commercial or promote or right, or, but I'm just saying, guess what? This is going to this is going to satisfy and help a lot of people.
1: It will. Exactly. It's the whole basis for having the conversation today is by saying we keep telling you go find this and and we want to help you know that there are options like this out there. And this is something new. And so it's worthwhile to talk about it because it is the first corporate location that's going to offer you a two hour closed lunch, 10 to eight type hours. Um, But more so, you know, this is, again, the opportunity for we talk a lot about debt, right? They're not looking for all full time veterinarians. This is an opportunity for people who maybe need to pick up a day or two a week to start chipping away at the student debt that we talk so much about that really takes a toll on the long term for for the veterinary profession. And it's an opportunity to have a day of not complicated cases and then go back to your regular clinic tomorrow and have those.
2: Yeah. And I think, too, you know, something that people don't always look at is this is a vaccine preventative medicine clinic type of situation. You're not going to have the euthanasia. So there's not that follow up or, you know, the everyday come in and have the compassion fatigue pieces falling into place. Um, some people, technicians especially, are preventative medicine educators. You know, they, they want that opportunity to put one more dog or cat on heartworm preventative, um, make sure that you no know, parasites are in place in these pets that don't typically have, you know, know that they're supposed to be coming in. The clients aren't bringing them because they don't know. So it's a great op- opportunity to educate, educate, educate. And this ultimately helps the other practices, too, um, because they're going to learn that there's other things that their dog and cats need that this, this clinic doesn't offer. And so the community support is there, too, um, covering each other's backs and just ultimately providing the care that that pet needs for longevity of life. Right.
0: I I love this. And, and, you know, if you go back, I mean, gosh, I hate getting old sometimes, but, you know, 20 years ago, I would give these lectures and write these articles talking about differentiation. You know, what separates you from the other veterinary clinics? Find your thing, create a niche, you know? And for me, it was always things like senior care. It was things like nutrition. And of course, later became obesity management. That became my real passion. And I found it, you know, in my lucky, luckily early in my career. But what I, what I was trying to establish is you can kind of define what your practices is all about. And most people said, "No, a vet has to do spay and neuter. You have to treat sick and and preventive care and puppies and old dogs and euthanasias and and I'm saying no." <laughs> and this is proving it out. So Julie, I think part of this should teach the profession that you can clearly define what you're trying to do. You don't do euthanasia. You don't do surgery at these clinics, you know. If your dog is sick and vomiting, we we can't help you. Right. And they're going to be a success. 21 clinics are already a success. So again, Julie, just rearticulate or re-emphasize what I'm trying to say here, that you can define, even if you're an independent practice, what your hours are and what your services are.
2: Correct. And, you know, it gives us the opportunity to focus, you know, maybe you have a technician right. that's really good at, you know, heartworm and interested in the parasite side of things. But then again, there's a technician that's really interested in the nut- nutritional side. Um, It it gives that technician and the veterinary team something that they feel good about and that they're passionate about. Um, And the the flexible hours, um, gender balance, commitment to equal pay, all of that stuff comes in this package. Um, So they are all ramped up in Port Ritchie um, right now. They are opening about nine more practices in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and more to come. Um, We've been hearing that it's going to start spreading pretty quickly here.
0: Yeah, because they were proving it out. You know, they had to establish with Walmart execs that, hey, this could actually work. And so they've been in 21 clinics, sort of stealth growth up until this point. And then today, of course, they announced they're going to be in a hundred clinics, you know, within the next 12 months. Becky, one other thing too, you know, I make a big deal of it and I think you do too, um, is the opportunity for advancement. I think that's one of the barriers to, to people becoming veterinary technicians because it's like, okay, what do I do with that degree? I just go work at the same job that I've always done. Do you think that things like essential pet care and Walmart, and of course, we know Banfield, VCA, and so forth, will it offer another level of advancement and specialization, if you will, for registered veterinary technicians?
1: Well, I think it certainly can for a couple reasons. So first and foremost, like Ms. Julie was saying, there are, are technicians out there that have a really strong passion for preventative care or elements of preventative care that don't really get to cater to that desire. And so I think one, there's this fulfillment, but two, absolutely. I think on the corporate level there, you know, again, as management things and, and structuring comes about, there's going to be opportunity for growth. And that's a really important thing for technicians to see a, uh, an ability to have a professional career unfold. And, you know, you hear it all the time. It's like, everyone says the same thing. I can't wrestle dogs forever. I mean, it's like just the, you know, the tagline. But there's a lot of truth to that. And so um, at the same time, too, when you really do love care, but you can't wrestle dogs forever, there is this sort of option of, um, yeah, I can just go in and do, do the light, do the education, keep them healthy because I feel really good about that and go from there.
0: Right, right. And there's, yeah, so if you're a registered veterinary technician, I think you should pay attention. If you're a veterinarian who says, you know, look, I I really want to take a step back. I don't really enjoy surgery like I once did, or I want to have more time with my family. I mean, these types of solutions are coming online. I I do want to switch though quickly uh, to talk about the announcement of their online pharmacy, because this is something, again, I started signaling a couple of years ago and I think a lot of people are like, ah, Walmart's not going to get into this. Well, two things have happened that I think that, that sort of precipitated in this announcement today. Uh, last week, from what we can understand from SEC filings, Chewy.com is about to announce its IPO and that initial public offering is probably going to be a big one. And so I think that Walmart decided to Try to devalue a little bit Chewy.com's IPO by announcing that they're actually going to be in the same space. Because now, if you're an investor, you're kind of looking at this as going, "Wait a second! If if Walmart's coming for you, you know, let's be careful about how much we spend." So, um, I wanted to get you guys, your guys, uh, a, a take on this because this is yet another online pharmacy right? That's going to probably take a little more, erode a little more revenue from the independently owned clinics. Uh, What do you see as far as, is that part of this Walmart veterinary clinic and online pharmacy?
1: Well, I think first, you know, it's important to establish they are completely separate. So Essentials Pet is not part of the pharmacy, part of Walmart. It's all kind of these um, pieces, parts that are now working together. Um, And this is the thing, in my opinion, and I'm I'm interested to know what Ms. Julie says, like, In my opinion, they're just playing to what the consumer wants and the consumer wants online sourcing. Um, I think there is a little bit more control than we currently have of some of the online pharmacies when there is a source like this. But I also think this is another opportunity for veterinary clinics to get on board and make a change and be competitive. You know, there are plenty of third party distributors that have their own online pharmacy sourcing that, that you can provide your clients that people kind of refuse to get on board with. And then things like this are going to come from behind. So maybe I'm not the best person to talk about IPOs with, although I have recently been investing with my Robinhood app. You can absolutely talk to me about technology and how I want to do everything online and on my app. And those needs are going to have to get met.
2: I agree, Becky. And, you know, something to think about that we don't always think, you know, we're always worried about the regular veterinary practices making money. And I still do that. But on the other hand, is this posing another opportunity for more pets to be feeling better, to ha- live healthier lives, to have that access to care that they otherwise wouldn't? Uh, right. It's just um, that's that's what I got into veterinary medicine for—is taking care of that pet. And if it if it's going to make a difference in in that aspect, then I'm all for it. Um, we can ramp up our what we do in in our regular veterinary hospitals on everybody's side they they can take a, a step forward and make this advancement too
1: yeah you're exactly right you know when you think about it the fact of the matter is is that people are going to access healthcare and sourcing where they want to get it and feel most comfortable and feel the the quote unquote safest that they are going to be able to afford it and have accessibility to it And when I think about the difference between sending a client out of a clinic with zero medications because they can't afford it and giving them a source that they can go to where I know that they can, I mean, at the end of the day, if they want to have, a, you know, more laws are being enacted that that require us to write scripts if they ask for them. I mean, there is more and more outsourcing as it is. So we might as well look at this at the focus of patient care and how can we make it work cohesively? How can we work this to our benefit? And again, cater to the client's you know the ones that, that aren't going to go for one source over another they're not your target client as it is
0: right and, and you yeah, and, and again you know old man here in 1996 we we launched an online store as archaic and cumbersome as it was I mean we were actually putting stuff in boxes and mailing it to clients yeah you know, we knew that that's what people wanted and so at the end of the day, you've got to find out what people want and give it to them. And we've done a lousy job by and large in the veterinary profession. I will always argue that. And so you have to take note, Walmart PetRx, one 800 pets Mads, Chewy.com. I mean, these people aren't doing it because people don't want it. They're doing it because people love it. And, you know, Walmart said uh, in one of their press releases today, Becky and Julie, just so you know, they said that, that over last year, they had a 60% increase in pet related items on their online store. In fact, what they found, what they said was that when people were just shopping for regular stuff, they were serendipitously purchasing pet products.
1: (laughs) I mean, I serendipitously purchase pet products as much as I can. I know my cat needs it. I know they need that thing. And it's easier to shop online online with that virtual cart. And and you know, it's so funny you say old man, well, I'll I'll date myself here. I remember when debit cards started to be a thing and checks were not and people were getting into financial trouble because it was easier to spend money that you weren't accounting for in the same way. And right. people do it online. There's there's a market there. There's a huge market there. And it's at the end of the day we can sit here and say, um, you know, we're going to build it and hope they come, but they're going where it is. <laughs> and if right. we don't get on board, we're missing it.
0: Right. And this is, again, if you're listening today, you're an independent clinic. These are the opportunities. You know, I always say, and my wife hates it when I say this, because you'll understand in just saying, but I always say in business, go where they ain't. Okay. I'm from the yeah. South. So I said, I ain't, but go where they're not. So find those vacancies, that white space, and that's where you go. So honestly, when Walmart was selling foods like pedigree, you should not probably sell pedigree in your vet clinic. Now that goes without saying, but those are the types of opportunities. So you want to pay attention to what Walmart pet RX is going to do, how aggressively they're going to market certain things and then compete where they ain't, you know, you've got so much opportunity. And I would say to you, if you're an independently owned clinic today, find an expertise, find a passion. Look, I lucked into nutrition and weight management, you know, back before when people were making fun of me, quite frankly. But yet I knew that this was a direction I wanted to head in. So find your thing, you know, go out there and say, okay, look, I get it. They're going to be doing a lot of vaccines. I may lose some clients to this basic stuff, but what can I do better than anybody else? Maybe it's surgery. Maybe it's hormonal imbalances. Maybe it's kidney failure. Maybe it's cardiac diseases. I mean, I think Julie, get, don't you and I have been in this profession a long time? I mean, isn't that the way we should be progressing?
2: Yes, exactly. And it, it all caters even to our passion. Um, we're going to do better and excel in the areas that we're passionate about, and that will generate, you know, more opportunities for our practices if you utilize those people that have those passions where they want to spend their time doing it. So I, we had, did not have that opportunity back in the day, Ernie. I
0: right, agree. Right, right. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that leads to burnout, compassion fatigue, all that stuff is doing stuff you don't like. Oh yeah. You know, if your day is filled with things that you hate, yeah. dealing with cases or, or even conditions that you just don't feel qualified or comfortable with at the end of the day, it is going to take a toll and you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad today is over. And then the bad news is the next day rolls around and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this again.
1: You know, it makes me wonder about the human side and if there was a lot of foot stomping when CVS and, and other pharmacies started to open minute clinic type places in, yes. in these pop-up clinics and if they had a lot of the same frustrations and, and if they did in the beginning kind of where they feel now because it makes me, th- you know, I don't go to my doctor for my flu shot. Like I'm like, oh, I'm in Walgreens. Right. Super easy. Let me, me run too. over to this lady right here. and And half the time I get sick. I think to myself, well, I don't want to go to my doctor because I'm going to get sicker when I go there during flu season. So can I get in and out of a space easier and faster without being at risk? I mean, it makes perfect sense on the veterinary side. We, we cannot say we didn't see this coming. We have to accept it, embrace it, and figure, like you said, where can we service them differently?
0: Right. And and, and Becky, you're absolutely right. What the human medical establishment uh, did and continues to do, I would argue, is they say they marginalize these services. So these minute clinics are like, ah, yeah, but that's inferior or, oh, it's not as good, it's not as thorough. Those things may be true, but for certain procedures or conditions, they're perfectly adequate. And one of the issues in human healthcare care that they talk about a lot more than we do is just this the, the public good. So how much can they get out and reach as many people? Because they know that if they screen more people for hypertension, for example, that overall healthcare costs go down. So actually public health becomes more of a, of a discussion. And yet in veterinary medicine, we still think that, well, if they're not coming to my clinic, then therefore, you know, they're not getting the best care. And that's just yeah. not true.
1: Right. I mean, and we've got to stop. There's room for everybody. And it's about, like Miss Julie said, I think so eloquently, really good patient care. That's why we're in this. We're in this for healthy animals, longevity, human-animal bond. And honestly, uh, we should be in this for ourselves, too. And so, again, I think this meets the answer in a lot of ways. and, And I'm really excited to see this type of thing popping up.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad that you two are involved, you know, at some level with, with helping because I know with people like Julie Legret and, and Becky Mosser sort of influencing and shaping from the back, that's going to help us out all. But uh, I love and respect both of you and Julie, again, thank you so much for jumping on and talking about this because, you know, I think that too often it's really easy just to do a takedown on something like this. But I also wanted us to make sure that we showed, hey, there may be some unintended benefits, not consequences, but benefits to these types of moves. So I really appreciate it. Your, your perspective, Julie.
2: Well, thank you for having me. So if you want to find out more about the opportunities within essential pet care um, positions in their practices, you can reach us at talent at veterinaryadvancements.com.
0: Well, you've heard what we have to say. Now, we want to hear from you. What do you think about Walmart veterinary clinics, essentials pet care, and a hundred of these by the next twelve months. What do you think about Walmart Pet R X? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Hit us up on social media. We would love to know what you say about this. And and Becky, I know that you would like to tell people to give us a good review somewhere.
1: I love to tell people to please <laughs> and thank you, follow us wherever they listen to their favorite podcast. But if you happen to do so on iTunes, go ahead and give us a five star or however many you think we've earned as well as a comment. It just helps other veterinary professionals find our podcast and it lets us know how we're doing, what you want to hear and how we can better meet your needs. We love to hear what you have to say. We also want to have a special second just to say happy Mother's Day. This oh. episode will be out just a few days. We have now had three years of honoring mothers. Miss Julie is one of the busiest moms I know, so she couldn't have been a more appropriate guest for today. Happy Mother's Day, Miss Julie, and all the mothers out there.
0: Until next time. Bye. 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 Keep living that off way life. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that.
1: Wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> wrong show.